Hey everyone, welcome to The Starting Designer, a podcast focused on providing tips, tricks, and advice on getting through your first year of owning your own design business. Before we get started with our design industry guest, I wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics. Now, listen, relax, get some daily motivation, and enjoy. Hey, podcast listeners. Today on the show, we have Melissa Lee from New South Home. New South Home was started in 2011 by Melissa. Uh, She works uh, primarily in the North Carolina area and has been featured in magazines such as the Charlotte Observer, QC Exclusive, Charlotte Agenda, and many more. Uh, Hi, Melissa. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Just enjoying this uh, wonderful North Carolina weather. Uh, it does not feel like springtime. I think I was watching the news this morning and and they were saying this is much like weather in uh, July. So uh, yeah, we're I, having summer summer early right now. Yeah, when I when I get out of uh, when I get out of this this podcast, I'm going to go practice social distancing and walk by myself uh, around the around the block. So what a, yes. what a beautiful day. Well, my uh, my office yesterday was my porch, so I'll probably plan to do that again later yeah. today. It sounds. I, I I drank coffee on my front porch this morning, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe later after this podcast, I'm actually I'm gonna redo the outdoor furniture on uh, my my porch. Uh, it's been about five years now, so yeah. maybe we can do a little Instagram live, and and I can uh, you can help me pick out some fabrics. You can send me a, a, a digital design uh, consultation. Yeah, I know I know a great place you can get some fabrics from. Yeah, me 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 too. I I, I uh, it's uh can't wait to do the redesign. So (laughs) Melissa, you know, walk me through, you know, new South home, you know, what, you know, what's, what's your background? Uh, Talk to me about, you know, the process of, of starting your own design business. Um, Well, I, I have a business degree. I actually started my career in retail buying. I did that for 10 years and um, I, I worked most recently as a buyer for Belk department stores. And I actually, worked in fashion. So I bought junior clothing, which sounds kind of like a far reach from design. But I think what it came down to is the junior customer is probably a very particular and picky customer. So that gave me a good insight on, you know, dealing with different types of clients and customers for sure. Um, And after, you know, I bought my first house when I think I was 23. And my husband and I kind of redid it ourselves. And I realized throughout that process how much I really enjoyed home decorating and renovation and redesigning things. And so I went ahead and enrolled in New York Institute of Art and Design, their um, program, and took that course over the next couple of years. Um, And so I guess after I had my son and was looking for a more flexible schedule, I decided kind of in 2011, he was a year at the time to just take a leap of faith and quit my full-time job and see what I could do about trying to start, you know, doing interior design, which I felt was my passion. And I had the business experience behind me on running a kind of a buying business. So I really, I started out by, I taught myself how to sew and started out by sewing pillows on my dining room table for people. And going to Mary Jo's in Gastonia to find fabric. Um, and then I taught myself how to make drapes and started making drapes for people. And then it started kind of growing into 
designing rooms versus just fabricating items. And I found somebody to sew for me and, and realized what I really in, it was interested in doing was kind of designing the spaces versus making the pieces mm -hmm. and um, kind of grew it organically through using Facebook and social media to attract clients and really just building the business base off of trying to design, you know, family friendly spaces that were inviting and comfortable and, um, you know, could stand up to the life that I was living, which is having two kids at home and a pet pets and all of that. And just trying to focus our business on, you know, designing spaces that were, you know, really just thinking about how do you live your life every day, wanting to make sure that it's family friendly, but that there are also rooms that our clients could be proud of and, you know, could essentially pretty enough to be featured in a magazine, but comfortable enough that you could live in it every day. So, and here we are, you know, mm -hmm. almost 10 years later. <laughs> You know, that that's a really interesting story. You know, we we hung out in San Francisco at the Design Influencers Conference. Um, and I, I thought I knew a lot about you, but I had no clue uh, that you started from essentially being a workroom. Um, so are yeah. you are you still doing any any sewing yourself? Uh, are you are you are you making masks like? Uh, like you know, my sewing machine is very dusty. Unfortunately, I think I I'm fortunate enough to be busy, busy enough to not do that. And I found yeah. people that are much better than I am sewing um, that do a much better job than I could. So, mm -hmm. but I have considered doing it because I've got a lot of really pretty fabric and I feel that, you know, we may be wearing these things longer than we would like to. So it might as well look good. So maybe I could pull it out and start making some masks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, we're we're trying to figure figure that out on our end, um, our end as well. So, you know, being being that you were a buyer at Belk, I, you know, I kind of want to go back to that. You know, how walk me walk me through that process. You know, I, I work in a family business, and so I, I'm not it's it's not the most corporate environment. Um, mm -hmm. But walk me through walk walk me through that process of of working at Belk, and then ultimately, how did your life change when? It was just you. I'm assuming in the beginning it was just you. Yeah, I, I know right. now you have a team. Um, well, I think the thing that I found that I would actually really helped me translate from what I was doing at Belk to what I do now, even though I'm buying different products, is really focusing my efforts on buying products that are based on what the customer is telling me they want. Um, I had to learn how to do that with Belk. Obviously, I was not a 13 to 16-year-old customer when I was buying the product. So really understanding what, you know, thinking of the mindset of the client and or the customer and buying things based on their likes and what they were looking for. And so that's what I really kind of built my business on was really... I, you know, I know different designers do it differently, but I really rely on my customers or my clients' feedback to design a room specifically for them. We don't really have a specific style. We like to say we're very versatile based on what our clients tell us. And so, you know, our ultimate goal is is to make sure that the the room reflects our client style and our client's personality because in the end, that's going to be the best result, which is what I kind of realized at Belk. If it was based on what our clients like or our customers like it was going to sell and that was going to be the most successful business model. Um, obviously working in a large corporate office, I was 
you know, working over by the airport where the corporate offices were. And I can't even remember how many buyers there were at the time, but we had 300 stores that we bought for. And I had to be there at, you know, from eight to eight to five or six, depending on the day. And I used to travel to New York every month um, and worked with a team of people and kind of going out on my own. It was interesting because I didn't have an IT department anymore. And, you know, like all these things, I didn't have an accounting department. So I kind of had to figure out how to do all these things on my own, mm-hmm. you know, to start. And luckily I have some people that help me out with those things now, but at the beginning, starting your own business, you've got to do a lot of, you know, you've got to just pull up your, roll up your sleeves and kind of figure it out as you go, which is what I've been telling everybody. <laughs> I just yeah, kind of- there's no cheat code. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Especially not for interior design. Everybody yeah. does it differently and there doesn't seem to be one right way. Everybody just kind of figures it out based on what works for them. Yeah, exactly. So customer being customer, uh, customer centric, I almost said eccentric, but customer yeah. being customer centric, uh, it sounds like a fundamental, you know, kind of belief, you know, at new, a new South home, um, and it sounds like you you really you know got that from from your experience at Belk, you know walk walk me through, walk me through, um, maybe like a design process at at New South Home. Um, sure, I, I'm uh, saying this because personally I'm living in my house and I love your design. And after this, uh, I might be a client. So yeah. We'll well, here, I'll, I'll try to sell you with our process then. How's that? Yeah, let's do that. Um, so the first thing we always ask for, for our client, from our clients is a Pinterest board. Mm-hmm. Um, and or just even if some of our clients, they just aren't interested in that um, or just just would rather us make suggestions. So we'll kind of have an initial conversation about, you know, the styles and colors that they like. I think we really love pictures, whether they're magazine pictures or Pinterest boards, because it's very hard for people to describe their style. Even myself, who is in the business, it's hard for me to use words to describe exactly what I like. Mm-hmm. But pictures do such a great job. You know, we can look at a grouping of pictures and see that all of the rooms have white walls or all of the rooms have certain types of colors or patterns in them. And when we mention that to our clients, they don't even realize that they like those things. They're just pinning, you know, they're just picking rooms that they like. And so we're able to see kind of like the consistency throughout a collection of pictures that helps us determine what they gravitate towards and what they're going to like in your their home. Mm-hmm. Um, so after we do that, you know, we'll have the initial consultation in their home. Uh, right now, those are over video chat, which we've been yeah. very happy with how productive those have been. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, we haven't really done it this way, but now that we're forced to, we've figured out ways around that. Mm -hmm. And we kind of pulled together what we call like a punch list of all the items that they're looking for in their their room that we're working on, or if we're working on multiple rooms for them or renovation. Um, And then the the next step that we do is we'll pull together a proposal, kind of like a contractor would that really Mm -hmm. just lists everything out, gives kind of a total project estimate that we send to them before we really start digging into the details. Because I think, you know, nobody wants to start a project going in blind from Mm -hmm. a financial standpoint. Um, And then once we've kind of really discussed which areas they want to start on and what their real, what the, the true budget is, we 
we'll start working on furniture plans and for, you know layouts of the space and help start sourcing furnishings and mood boards and all of that. So it's definitely a lot of collaboration because we're going to have probably three three to four meetings with our clients that's going through what we're selecting for them and getting feedback from them and making sure that we're headed in the right direction mm-hmm. and then going through, you know, upholstery options and and all those things and saying, "Hey, you were interested in a gray sofa." you have pets and, you know, you have kids and pets and here's performance fabric options in the colors that we think would work best and allowing them to kind of pick, make those choices and pick what they like best, especially with upholstery, because you're going to be sitting on those items for a long time. Um, so yeah, then after we've finalized all those things, we have a formal presentation, we show them renderings, we finalize the budget, they kind of, you know, approve everything, we'll collect a deposit, we get everything on order, and then we arrange to have all the furniture and subcontracting work done and complete in two to three months and kick them out of the house, do this one, one day install, kind of like an HGTV reveal. And, you know, they come home and we do, do, you, do the, you do the slides in the front with the I know, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I wish yeah. we could. And we've thought about, you know, doing video of our clients, but a lot of people don't like to be on video. So, you know, but it's fun. That's always a, that's always one of our favorite days is to see everything in person. And it always ends up turning out better, you know, better than the renderings look. The renderings are always pretty good, but, you know, just to see things in person and be actually in the space is always such a great day for us and the clients. Yeah. So how, you know, you're a long way from, from the beginning of of New South Home. Um, You know, how many, how many people do you have on staff, staff now? So currently I have four people that um, work mostly for me. Um, Two of them are close to full time, you know, anywhere from 30 to 35 hours a week. And then the other two are part time anywhere from 10 to 20 hours a week. And Mm -hmm. one is my bookkeeper and the other one is my marketing coordinator that helps out with, you know, our social media and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got a project manager Sandy, who's been with me the longest, my design associate, Taylor, who's been with me for um, close to four years. Sandy's been with me for almost seven. And then Sarah, I have two Sarahs, my bookkeeper and marketing coordinator, and they've been with me. One Sarah has been with me for over a year and the other Sarah just started earlier this year. So I've got a lot of staff. Yeah. Are y'all doing any, uh, during this time, are you doing any team, virtual team building activities, doing some, some we have a team zoom meeting every monday where we all mm-hmm. get on like the brady bunch and you know talk about you know what we're what we've got going on for the week and what project we're projects we're working on and then i probably talk to most of them you know especially my project manager and design associate sandy and taylor definitely at least once on the phone every day um or we'll do a zoom call if we've got to look at things that we've been working on and then the sarah's i'll probably talk to a couple of times but Mm -hmm. an interesting navigating the you know just trying to get into this remote working which we're fortunate to be able to do it's just been an adjust you know it's been an adjustment we're not all in the office and it's kind of fun we all miss that i think yeah how how is that adjustment um you know we it has been an interesting one from a, a fabric standpoint for us. 
you know, traditionally fabric is, especially with, you know, it's, it's, it's shown through fabric shows like, you know, I, from like our showtime, um, we're, we're working on, on how do we, how do we take that a little bit more digital? Um, but how, how, how's, how has that been? How has that transition been to, to working remotely? Well, I think the nice thing is since we're all, you know, a lot of us are moms on my team, we've kind of had a, I've, everybody has a laptop so that we could work from home and we've always had kind of a flexible work schedule. Um, so we also have an online task manager. I know there's a lot of them out there. We used Trello for a while. Now we use Asana. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really helpful, especially now because, you know, we could are using that to track what somebody else is doing from their house and we can communicate that way and just make sure that everything's getting done digitally. Mm-hmm. And then working with our clients, we've done, we've been basically doing, like I said, those video conference initial consultations over zoom. And we've been able to share our screens and all of our floor plans and renderings that we do are on the computer, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's easy for us to share our screens or email information to them. I think the only thing that has been, you know, that we kind of are still trying to figure out is just the process of selecting for like fabric, like you're talking about with the fabric Mm -hmm. shows. So we, you know, I'm going to go into the studio probably on Friday and pull together some options for some clients that we had video conferences with this week and pull together packages to either drop off on their doorstep or mail to them mm-hmm. that are going to go to their house that they can look at in person, see the rug samples and the fabrics. And then we'll have a Zoom conference with them where they are actually have all the fabrics in their possession and are able to see everything. Um, so it's, I think, stretching out our timeline a little bit, just based on having to kind of maneuver the logistics of getting the fabrics to them and all that. But, you know, we had a, we had a design presentation over Zoom a couple weeks ago where we dropped all the fabrics off to our client's doorstep. We got on the video conference, showed them all the boards, reviewed everything with them, and it worked out great. So I think we've been actually pleasantly surprised with how flexible people are willing to be and how we can, how we've been able to figure it all out under the circumstances. Are you, are you prioritizing vendors with, with, uh, with a digital footprint? Like for, for instance, like, you know, we could, you know, our online store is still open and we can drop ship, you know, samples directly to a customer or, uh, to your, to your design, you know, warehouse. I, I would feel like, I would feel, I, I understand that most manufacturers aren't open, but right. what I'm really excited about from the design community is I feel like, you know, this is not the time as, as a designer to, to sit back at home and not work on your business, um, you right. know, work on the website, get digital, um, do those virtual design consultations because people are at home. They are tired of looking at their window. They're tired of looking at their wall. They're tired of sitting on that sofa. Um, you know, they, they want their space to reflect who they are and being that new South home is a customer centric, you know, design firm. Uh, I would think this would be like easy picking, you know, for you to, to really line up projects, you know, hopefully for the next like two to three years, uh, if, if it's, if it's implemented correctly. Yeah. We've, we've been fortunate that we've had kind of a, a few months of projects on the calendar. So we've been working through those. 
um, and contacting our clients that we were supposed to schedule that we we're supposed to have in-home consultations in April. And, you know, some of them we've either decided to move out a month and just kind of wait and see, or others have been willing to do the, the video consultation. So we've kind of done it both ways. Mm -hmm. um, the majority of the resources that we work with just from a efficiency standpoint do have some sort of online capability. Usually we're doing a lot of our sourcing online with our resources. So it's not really changing how we have been sourcing our products. Um, but I think that is one thing where we have been keeping in mind we can't finalize a design plan or or even order items if the factories aren't open. So we've been kind of keeping eye on, you know, if we've got a few different sofa manufacturers that we use, which one may, you know, depending on who's open and who's not, we may put an order in at one place if they are still working or, or whatever, to your point. But I find that I think all of them are closed. So we're just trying to do as much as we can digitally with doing the design plans. And then once everything opens up, hopefully we'll have a bunch of design plans finalized that we can go ahead and put the orders in. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's kind of what we're figuring out at this point, and we're just kind of taking it day by day. And from a you know from a manufacturing side of things too, um, you know we 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 don't shut down our plant with with no orders. You know there's there's a backlog, so having having those programs you know in place where you can then, you know, order when the factories reopen. I, I know a lot of, I've been communicating with a lot of owners of, of, you know, factories around, you know, the Hickory area and all of, all of most of them plan to open up at the end of April. Um, so, you know, being, being able to, to, to get those orders in first, you know, there's, there's always a, a backlog. So um, I look, I look forward to, I look forward to, I, I love seeing everyone's, you know, design. Uh, oh, you know, you'll be having some orders from us. What do you say? I said, you know, you'll be seeing some orders from us when we get to that point. <laughs> oh no, we're, we're totally fine. <laughs> yeah. So talk to me, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the very, very beginning. I always like to ask people on, on the show, you know, what, what was the hardest thing you probably overcame besides probably cash flow in the, in the first day of new South home? Oh, the first day. I don't even remember the first <laughs> or like or the first year. Sorry. The first year. Um I think just figuring out how to get, you know, it's been a I feel like it's like the first year. I, I I'm always working on our business and how we can do better things. And so it may not be the first year, but probably just figuring out how to find the clients that you know, we, it's been a slow process to find the, the targeted clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, managing, going from doing a lot of little projects to hopefully attracting the clients that are willing to do larger projects with you. Mm -hmm. um, I think the logistics of managing, you know, four large projects and four clients versus 15 small projects and 15 clients. Um, that's kind of where we're trying to head just from a from a management and logistics standpoint. Um, I think the other thing too that I realized over over the years is I have never hired a business coach to figure this out. I've kind of been figuring it out on my own and I still haven't hired one, but I've kind of found that in just talking to a few different ones out there that if I had 
done that years and years ago that I mm -hmm. probably could have jump-started my business a little bit faster. Um, and I also think the other thing that I always have for advice for people is hiring a professional photographer to shoot your projects is really, really impactful on kind of getting your business to jump from the, up to the next level. If you are looking for, you know, larger dollar projects or larger dollar clients is just really having that professional photography to showcase your work. I feel as something that we didn't start doing until about four years ago. And, and that probably would have been a good investment to have made sooner. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand uh, that completely. Um, we, we do most, most of our photography in-house, but on, I need to take a, a little advice from you and, and, and invest in that. Cause that like, like your workroom business, I, I'm not a, I'm not the best at photography. Um, right. I, I, I can make videos, but, um, you know, taking, can we, can we take our brand to the next level with, with better, better photography? So that, that's definitely my plan, uh, going into, into 2020 to, to raise that brand, that brand awareness through, through visual image Im imagery. Yes. I, um, and I think one of the things that I've learned at some of these conferences that I've attended is realize what you're not good at and don't be afraid to hire somebody or, or bring somebody else on your team that is better at it than you, because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just going to make your business that much better. And I mean, at the beginning I had bought a nice camera and was trying to figure out how to take my own photography and, um, you know, reading online how to do that. And I think as an entrepreneur, that's what we want to do, figure it out. And like I said, roll up your sleeves. But as I've, you know, as our business has grown and we've gotten busier, I've come to the fact, you know, I've just came to the conclusion that it's just better to let somebody who really knows what they're doing, do it. And I think that has helped me a lot in the past few years with just expanding our business and kind of raising it to the next level. No, that that's, that's unbelievable advice, uh, Melissa. Um, so I guess kind of on the silly side, what's, what's your family doing in, in, in quarantine? What's your, what's your favorite activity? Do you guys have a favorite board game? Are you, are the, are the kids, the kids are at home? Yes. So I have a seven-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. One's in first grade and one is in fourth grade. And um, they are homeschooling now. I think we're on week four. And I'm very fortunate. My mother-in-law um, lives 10 minutes from us, but she's moved in with us during this time to kind of help out with that. She was a teacher. So that's been helping my husband and I since we're both here working from home and working full time. So I'm very fortunate because I know there are a lot of people out there that don't have that. Um, but we actually, there's a couple of different, the few things that we've been doing that are different. Um, we like the board game sequence. I don't know. Okay. A lot of people haven't heard of that, but we started playing that probably last year. Yahtzee has kind of made a comeback in our household. That's been a good one. And I always seem to lose that game. Um, we also planted, actually, it's funny because I saw your post about using upholstery fabric for gardening. Oh, yeah, that was so goofy. But Yeah, but that's a good point. But we, I, we planted a tower garden, and I do not, I have never been able to grow anything. I'm not good with plants. I've always said I'm an interior designer, not good with exteriors. <laughs> And so we planted this tower garden about a week and a half ago. I, you know, bought a tower garden on Amazon and had it shipped here. And we, 
you know, planted all these different seeds and we've got herbs and vegetables and flowers. And so the kids are really excited about like every time something new is sprouting and we've started a garden tracker to, you know, figure yeah, we out. Got, we got 28 are- days till the, yeah, till the exactly. watermelon so, goes and comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. I know. So we'll see, but we're kind of at that exciting part where things are starting to sprout from the seeds so my mother-in-law said yesterday, like, you know, that was such a good idea because it is something that they're excited about. And we obviously normally would not have time to do that just based on all of our activities and, and working. So that's been kind of something different that we've definitely been doing and riding our bikes. I have not been on a bicycle for years and years. And that's something that, you know, the four of us can definitely do as a family. So we've mm-hmm. And been enjoying and been enjoying the nice weather by doing that too. Sounds amazing. I've been trying to learn the banjo. Oh yeah. I've always wanted to learn the banjo, and and uh, my girlfriend and is is probably about to kill me right now because <laughs> I'm not very good yet. But maybe maybe one day I'll get the confidence and I'll play everyone a banjo song on an Instagram live. Yeah. Well, my, might, my, might as well I've take the time to do it, right? I play the piano. My husband plays the guitar. So if you ever want guitar lessons, I could, you know, I could yeah. be up there. Yeah, we could, but yeah, we could do a, online concerts. Yeah, this sounds like a, a Zoom, uh, a Zoom commercial. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, we could do a, a Zoom thing, and and I could I could learn the learn the guitar. But yeah, it's it's definitely a, a great way to kind of relieve stress. I'm I'm a big mountain biker too, so it's a fabric banjo gardening and. And uh, mountain biking. For yep, me. it's the new world. Yes, the new world. Um, well, Melissa, you know, I, I really thank you for for being on the podcast today. Um, just learning more about you. You know, we we're already good friends, so just just learning, you know, your your history of really owning a workroom prior to to being New South Home. Um, that's that that just blew my mind. But you know, thank you very much for providing you know great insight and. Uh, when look forward to to many many years of uh, of a friendship. So I know. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm always, you know, we both were saying we're both good talkers. So yeah. <laughs> anytime anybody wants me to talk, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, perfect. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Starting Designer, a podcast for your first year of interior design. Please make sure to reach out to our guests and thank them for their advice. I want to thank our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics. And please make sure to follow and subscribe on your preferred podcasting channel. As always, I'm your host, Anderson Gibbons, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go crush your design business.